And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. The Athletic. A perfect hat-trick for Raheem Sterling and a perfect trip to Norfolk for Manchester City as a rotated team brought three points back to the northwest to keep the club's unbeaten run going. Welcome to this week's Why Always Us. This is your Manchester City podcast from The Athletic. I'm David Mooney. With me, as always, is Sam Lee. Hi, Sam. Hello. How are you doing? Um, would you believe worse than the other day when I listed <laughs> off all those issues why I was barely barely with it. Somehow worse. Excellent. For different reasons. Never. Barely slept at all Saturday night. So that's all good. Um, good. And now I've got the... It's not even a first world problem. It's like luxury first world problem <laughs> of try, trying to dig out summer clothes for Lisbon. That, that is difficult. I was going to say, it's, I was, it's Lisbon this week. It can't be all bad, can it? So there we go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I mean, it, yeah, I mean, this obviously this isn't a complaint. It's a comment. It's absolutely pissing down and windy and freezing here. And it's like, do I pack shorts? <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, I, I can't wait are. to see what you're covering that game dressed as in the end, because whatever it'll be, it'll be wrong. You'll uh, you, you need to prepare for snow, otherwise mm. you'll, uh, you'll you'll get it all wrong. Um, if you sign that. up for the Athletic right now, you can read all the Sam stuff on City, including whatever happens in Lisbon. Uh, you sign up, you'll get 33% off the price of a full subscription. Just go to theathletic.com forward slash Man City Pod. Um, now, Sam, clearly the big headline from the game was Raheem Sterling's performance and how much trouble he was causing Max Aaron's all evening. So. I thought we'd start this week's show uh, in what I think is the obvious place by focusing on Ilkay <laughs> Gundogan. <laughs> um, yeah, because he, it was good to see him back. Yeah, it was good to see him back. He's not been in the team much lately. Have we got to the bottom of why that's no. been, or has it just been a case of um, nope. <laughs> uh, well, Guardiola doing what Guardiola does? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, we can we can obviously speculate in the sense that I mean, if you were to ask him, you know, there 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 may well be a specific reason. Um, but just one of those where there's so many players they they can't all play. Maybe it got to that stage, and yeah. you know, with De Bruyne kind of coming in and getting minutes in the start of December, and and you know, doing well when he did play, kind of squeezed out Gundogan, which didn't look like it would happen, based on I don't know the last well, the whole of 2021, really. Um, but it just goes to show that he was able to come straight back in and having not played a lot and. He was great, wasn't he? Like yeah. he was. It, it just. I remember we we talked at the start of the year about our city better without De Bruyne, and I I, I really wasn't having it. And there was a specific suggestion that um, when De Bruyne plays, maybe Gundogan isn't his best, and I wasn't having that. But a, again, time on a tradition, I've kind of come around to the idea. Six months too late, but <laughs> yeah, he was he was really good, and the city jigged things around after a few minutes against Norwich, but the way he was breaking forward into the box, which obviously he'd started to do more and more at the start of last year and kind of underlapping and overlapping on the left-hand side. And just, he's he's so careful with the ball, but not careful. I said this on Twitter in reply to somebody. So some people will have seen it, most people won't. But he's not careful in the sense of, you know, you can use it as a, as a criticism of some players, you know, just going sideways. 
but he's careful in the best sense. Like he, yeah. he won't lose it, but it's because he does everything right. Uh, and it's, it's the right uh, pass, whether it's yeah. forward or sideways or, or, you know, even backwards to recycle. And it's so quick and so smooth. And, you know, that's why he was in the team so much when David Silva left because of the, their similarities. Um, and he's, oh, he's, he's just, he is so good at that. And then you see him in a game like that. And okay, it was Norwich, you know, they're, they're obviously bottom of the Premier League or well close to it. Um, but just to see him come in and, and slot back in and, and do that, it's just, it's another reminder of the various different weapons that, that City have got. It's funny you said that, actually, because uh, I hadn't seen you tweet that, but I, I, one of the things I was going to mention about it was when, when I was watching the game and, and kind of like considering how he is that he moves the ball and, and the choices that he makes when in possession, I, like it, it's like he makes the safe pass all the time, but they're not safe passes they're key and dangerous yeah. passes at the same time but it but it's it's done in a safe way i don't i don't even know if that makes sense it's just it's just really intelligent isn't it like he will kind of he, like he'll spot like there was one there was one time yesterday when it seemed like the pass was on all of a sudden to go forward and it just it closed off and i think other players even at city maybe would have taken the decision to make that pass when it was the right pass and suddenly the circumstances changed and maybe it would have been too late to react, yeah. but he, he spotted it and he went the other, the other way and it helps it keep possession. And it's just, it's just what you were saying there. It's the David Silver comparison again, isn't it? Like it's all, it's all done so quickly. It's the, it's the speed of thought, you know, he knows where he's going to give it before he gets the ball. He anticipates the situations. Um, and obviously he's got the technical ability to, to do it first time, which keeps city moving quickly. And, you know, somebody said on the Q&A, City seems so much quicker in the, with the ball. And he goes, it, I'm paraphrasing a bit, but he said it might be a bit reductive, but is that because Gundogan say, played instead of Grealish? Now, it is probably a bit reductive because, you know, they play in different positions that they would have different different roles. But, I mean, I, I, I do see the point because they are, you know, purely because they're different types of player. You know, Grealish yeah. will carry it. He's asked to carry it. You know, that is his role in the team, you know, to carry it up until a certain point and either beat the man or, you know, come back and find somebody in space. And and obviously, generally, he's been finding people in space rather than causing the danger himself. But obviously, Gundogan is more of that David Silva type. It's... Yeah. Well, the, well, the, the, the actual, actual act of carrying always, it slows it down, doesn't doing it? it? Yeah, exactly. He was always... Touch it a lot, but have it little. This is whatever whatever yeah. the phrase was. But it was basically, you see a lot of the ball, but you don't hold on to it for long. You can have under touches, but you know, your total time on the ball might be 40 seconds. You know, that it's that kind of thing. And so I, I, I appreciate the point being made. It's one of those things where if I were to ask Guardiola about that, he'd probably, you know, tell me a million different reasons why that's wrong. But I can certainly see the point being made. And I do think that's what he what he brings to the team. And the, the way I saw him kind of going beyond Foden, who was dropping off as the false nine early on, I was looking at it and I was like, I was like, I'm, do I fancy having five quid on Gundogan to score the first goal or any goal. <laughs> and I didn't in the end, but it's good one job, of those Good job where, in the end, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's one of those where he gets in those positions. And, you know, it's a bit like, we. I don't think we talked about it last week, but his goal against Fulham last week, I tweeted, it's the perfect Gundogan goal. You know, that kind of cut back from the right and he's just in the right spot. And he just, he's kind of standing still almost. Normally, you know, ideally you want to arrive to the right spot, but he was already there and he just kind of, adjusted his body position, guided it into the bottom corner from that kind of gun to an area. And if I was to find a, which I probably will do now, if I was to find a map of where he scored his goals from over the last 12 months, you know, they'd all be that from that kind of area, wouldn't they? 
Yeah, I, I, I want to. I wouldn't want to see where he scored them from, though. I'd want to see where he was, you know, in the run that got him there. Yes, you know, what I mean? like like that that little kind of six yard run that he made that that got him that space because it always what? seems to be to the near post and you know what I mean, just in beyond whoever's the the number nine or the false nine. Hey, well, I mean, this this is this is a good time to mention it because I I should have put it in my article but didn't, um, and I didn't tweet about it either. But obviously, a lot's been there's a lot of different elements of Foden's goal. But I don't think a lot, or maybe I've missed it, but the run that Foden made before his shot was saved was fantastic. You know, there was one in the first half where Gundogan crossed it low and he didn't quite get there, which I thought maybe if that had been a striker, you know, he'd have slid in and, and got there. Um, but the run he made to get on the end of the cross at the start of the second half was was superb. And obviously, you know, it kind of it hits him and it was a, it was an, an instinctive save and he, he did... All, all those things he does so well to, to get the ball over the line in the end, but the, the run was really good. Yeah. Just while we're on the subject of, of that, that run into the, yeah that run into the box, um, I, it's it, it's a surprise for you how how little Gundogan has been used given yeah. how key Definitely. he became in the behind closed doors pandemic season. Because you, you think back to I mean this time last year he was a dead cert for everybody's fantasy league team because he was scoring pretty much every goal that City scored. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously, you, you mentioned the behind, you know, the pandemic season, the behind closed door season. But even earlier this season, um, I'm thinking of again, you know, not a great team, but the Watford away game, you know, when him and Bernardo played, and that was around the time when City's wingers were, you know, really high and wide, and it was Gundogan and Bernardo exploiting those kind of inside channels, the half spaces. Um, and getting into the box, and they were the ones kind of charged with doing the damage, and that's where Bernardo Silva's goals had come from, because you know he he kind of taken on the mantle, hadn't he, by the end of the year? Um, Gundogan had it at the start, and Bernardo had it at the end. That's how it seemed to work. Yeah. Um, so just to see how he'd been important to City all the way through the year. I mean, look, I, my point about Gundogan is he'd always been important, even when he was playing the double pivot, which everyone hated. Like he was just doing the role that he was given, and as much as you could do well in that role he did but obviously it wasn't as eye-catching it wasn't as it wasn't as important to an overall impressive system as what he does at the moment so he's he's been important all the way through 2021 in particular so yeah to go back to the question i'm really really surprised that he, he dropped out of it just because it also looked like de bruyne had kind of lost his place in the midfield too it did look like city were bet with gundogan and, and bernardo like they had a great balance but also because De Bruyne could play false nine really well. And look, he could play Bernardo, he could play Gundogan as a false nine as well. But De Bruyne had done it the most, and it seemed like that was the most viable option. So I was very surprised. And, you know, I think with basically any other player in that squad, or most, you, if you, if they dropped out of the team for, you know, a month, six, six sorry, a month slash six weeks, um, having previously been so popular, you'd maybe think, there's something going on there behind the scenes, but with Gundogan, you just think there wouldn't have been, you know. That yeah, I just wonder if he's, he's had not, a knock or he's something not like that. Been, yeah, he's not always been the happiest, you know. Like the last summer, I think I didn't, I didn't report it at the time, but I think he was another one who, who would have got had the opportunity come, and you know, he was linked with Barca, and everyone was like, "What are you talking about?" Um, but I think, you know, I think he may well have been open to that. Um, but yeah, just the, so I was surprised because it wouldn't have been any kind of disciplinary thing. It could only have been really one or both of a fitness issue or just the fact that you can only play so many players and De Bruyne was coming back in and playing well. Yeah. So yeah. 
There's, so it went. I mean, I, I wanted to ask about um, kind of a, a more general view of him because when you think of when take the Norwich game for instance, you mentioned um, a few minutes ago about the number of runs in behind Foden he was making, and I, I only really picked this up when I watched the highlights of the game again on uh, Sunday morning. Just the, the 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 speed at which City moved that ball round the corner and the and, and the problems they caused um, down Norwich's right hand side and, and down City's left with Sterling mm. Gundogan. And uh, and Foden, and I, I just I'm just thinking about about kind of Gundogan's ability to control a game because I, I found a quote when I was when I was kind of preparing for the podcast I found a quote that you'd used in an article on him uh, about it'd probably be about this time last year uh, where he had been quoted as saying someone said to me once I perhaps don't always shine but I allow others to shine and that's how I see myself yeah. and I'm I'm just wondering if if like. If that reason, if that that kind of that ability to control games is the reason why he has been the double pivot, the the you know the the six arriving late into the box, the um, when Fernandinho was injured in that eighteen nineteen you know ninety eight points with uh, one ahead of Liverpool running, yeah. that it was that it was him that was the, the the base of the midfield. The fact that he doesn't particularly have one job that he necessarily excels at, but it, but his his control of of, of a football and and, and of a game means that they can kind of use him as and when and wherever. Yeah. So funny you mentioned that eighteen nineteen season. I mean, yeah, because he he does it in a different. Obviously, when he played holding midfielder, particularly that season, it was obviously very different to what he does now. But that goes back to my earlier point about him kind of doing whichever job he's needed to, and he's always been important. Um, but it, so in that season, am I right in saying the derby towards the end of the season? Yeah, you know, when Bernardo that, scored and, that, and Sane, Sane scored. scored. That, that was Fernandinho, when Fernandinho went off injured, yeah. He went off injured, that's right. And I, I believe in the stands at that game, Cheeky leaned over to whoever he was with and said, it'll be a different game now. Gundogan will control the tempo of it. And that's obviously the kind of holding midfielder they wanted to move towards with Jorginho and De Jong, and obviously they've got with Rodri. That was, you know, Fernandinho... It's it's the old classic thing. Two two different ways of being brilliant. If I if I say Fernandinho is not as good at controlling games as those players I've mentioned, players like Busquets, it's no criticism because Fernand what Fernandinho has done for City speaks for itself. So there's yeah. no criticism whatsoever. But yeah, Cheeky leaned over and said, "Look, he'll control the game now because of what we talked about. The way he gets it and gives it, and he he sets the tempo with those fast, accurate passes that kind of make others run where they need to run and." You know, it keeps the opposition chasing. He, that quote you mentioned about him allowing to shine, the one that sums it up for me is, I'll talk about this article every now and again, but those old Guardiola columns when he was writing for El Pais when he was a player, and he said Zidane was France's best defender during the 2006 yeah. World Cup because of how he organises the team, because he got the ball and he gave it, and he kept the, the other team chasing, and obviously he, he gave rhythm to his own team. And that's how I see Gundogan's role. Um, and yeah, wherever it's been, whether it's been as a holding midfielder, and look, the the elephant in the room here is the Champions League final. Oh, I was going to mention this as well, yeah, um, because um, obviously, obviously, I mean, it's the it's the same line of thinking that would have made surely Pep go, well, he can do it in this game, and that's that's what we that we want yeah. more control of this game, and that's why I've picked Gundogan over over Rodri or Fernandinho. Yeah, I mean, like like we've said, one day one day I'll go into the bottom of that. Um, and we'll, we'll hopefully know for sure. I mean, the, the the crazy thing is, Rodri was playing well, but I know he did give away a couple of mad passes, didn't he? In in Champions League games, which maybe Pep thought he could do without. But 
yeah, that was maybe a bit mega mind, wasn't it? But anyway, we don't need to we don't need to revisit that. Let, just let's yet. not dwell. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then there, yeah, then yeah. So the the various different roles that the Gundogan plays is yeah, he, he does allow others to shine, but obviously he did get his moment in the spotlight at the start of the year, and I think that's probably when he came out with that quote because I think, and I, this was a point I made at the time. He and it's the one I've already said today. He's always been important. But as soon as being important and the role, he's always done his role. And as soon as that role involves scoring goals, people put you in your fantasy football team. You yeah. get shown on match of the day. You get you're, talked you're about grabbing the headlines. Yeah. You get you get player of the you know, was it a year to the day yesterday since he got player of the month for, for January twenty twenty one? Um so he was so he was obviously getting questions like, Bloody hell, you're playing well at the minute and he's like, Well, <laughs> I've I've always played well, you know, I've always done what I'm supposed to do, but you know, now what I'm supposed to do includes scoring goals and um, yeah, so I think he probably came out with that quote at the time, just as a bit of a r- reminder that that's kind of what he's always done. He has allowed others to shine. Yeah, I think I think you t- I think you said it was Arteta that had said that to him that he was the one that that allowed others to shine. It's about a year ago now, but I think yeah. that, I think that was right. Um, was that my info? Was it? I've forgotten. But yeah, it could be. Yeah, I don't know. Ago. <laughs> um, yeah, just on the subject of David Silver, I was I was at a family meal earlier speaking to. Um, my auntie's partner, and he's a West Brom fan. I've not seen him for years. You know, he was saying about how bad they are, but he said he's seen City yesterday and how good they were. And he was like, "It's a good job David Silva's not still playing for him." He was like, "Can you, he goes, you imagine how good they'd be if they still had David Silva?" And it's not something I thought about. Um, and you know, ar- arguably, you could say they're they're more stable. You know, they're more whatever in the last eighteen months or so since Silva left. But it, it's funny, isn't it? You know, you get the you get the neutral view. And obviously, not the neutral view where it's all oil money and sports washing or whatever, but the neutral view of God, how, how good are they? And you know, the neutral view of David Silva. You think, yeah, it, it was a, it was a, a nice a nice little comment that I thought I'd share. But there's nothing more to it than that, other than yeah. you know, football fans who you know were watching their team struggling in the championship at the moment. They watch City, and you know, there are plenty of people out there who think, bloody hell, what a great team. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. The the David Silver thing's interesting, actually, because... um... I, was it? I think again. This this is something that I'm kind of trying to dig from the back of my mind. That I think you've told me in the past on one of these. Uh, was that Guardiola thought that um, Gundogan was the best at, at the Pouser after Silver? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's the same thing as the it's the same thing as the Zidane being France's best defender kind of thing, organizing organizing the team, cha- keep them chasing their tails yeah. and stuff. Um, you know, because if if you're getting attracted to Gundogan. You're getting, you know, if we think about most teams, part of the bus are at least, you know, they get men behind the ball and they stay compact. If you get attracted to Gundogan to go and close him down before you got there, he's already shifted to somebody else. Then, you know, your your, your structure's off balance, and he, you know, like we said earlier on, he he makes the right decisions. So, 
yeah, that's how it goes. And then we, I think I touched on it earlier in the season when earlier in the season, maybe just earlier this like this month, last month, December, maybe when he was out of the team. You know, it was always right. David Silver's in the team, so he's the one who kind of runs it. He's the one who's got that ability to set the tempo. And then it was Gundogan. You know, after a bit of you know the double pivot and all of that, which didn't really work. But now it's like they've all got it. You know, you, yeah. if you play six or seven midfielders, and you know the false nine's a midfielder, and Grealish is a midfielder, and you know Jesus is maybe more of a hard worker than a than a winger. Um, and you've obviously got Rodri and 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 uh, Bernardo and Gundogan. Um, and you've even got, you know, it's, it's stretching it slightly now, but when you've got Stones and, and Laporte or or Diaz able to be making passes, you know, 40, 50 yards from their goal, you've got six, seven, eight midfielders there. And obviously Zinchenko or Cancelo as well. You know, that's that's where the, the control of the game's gone. So, that yeah, it's it's almost like they've not missed Silva so much while Gundogan was firing. And over the last month, They've not missed Gundogan so much either, but then it was that's why to to kind of wrap up this Gundogan bit maybe. Um, it goes back to what I was saying at the start. It was nice for him to come back in and just give it that bit of injection of pace, and you go, oh yeah, not necessarily what they've been missing, but it's just another option. Yeah, another weapon in the uh, in the arsenal. It's uh, it's funny you say yeah. that as as well about uh, the the midfielders on show because uh, you know officially Zinchenko isn't a defender; he's a midfielder. Although he's he's, he's a defender at City. Um, yeah. Seven, I make it seven from the starting lineup with midfielders and Guardiola. Like it's it's always been a case of if, if Guardiola can get more midfielders into the team, he will. I'm not sure he'll do better than seven. You know, <laughs> three three defenders, yeah. a goalkeeper, and seven midfielders. Well done, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... They'll, we just see your way to Champions League final this year. <laughs> Wait and see what he's got in mind for that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I also wanted to talk on this week's show, Sam, uh, a little bit about Phil Foden because yeah, um, sure. he obviously scored. Um, it was it, it was only after again watching the highlights that I realised how much he'd done in that goal uh, because it looks at, in the first camera angle it looks really scrappy. And then in the second one, you realise that there's a nice little drag back in there just to make sure that he keeps possession to get the shot away. And kind of two touches with the ball before he, before his foot hits the floor. Yeah, to switch to his right foot. So it is. It is really. He, kind of, he hooks it with his left, and then and then he kind of drags it again, doesn't he? And then yeah. He hits it with his right. Yeah, and, I mean, superb I, balance. And the fact that it was uh, kind of with his right foot, it was a bit of a swinger and it was cleared off, well, from behind the line. It kind of all adds up into this image that it was quite a scruffy goal and, and kind of yeah. quite uh, quite quite bundled in a way over the line, but it absolutely wasn't. Yeah, it, was, yeah. uh, it, was a, it was a decent finish. Um How's he? How do you think he's been doing? Because I've been I've been sensing a fair a fair few fans kind of saying he, he needs a bit of a good game here. Yeah, so I mean, I, so I I chose to write about Foden from the match. So we're recording this Sunday. I think it'll be published Monday. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd had the idea to write about Foden going into it, and a lot of the, a lot of my thinking with it was because yeah, a few games ago I started to think I was like, where's Foden at this season? And I think part of it is his his City career so far has been on an upward trajectory. There's kind of been no sideward steps yeah it, uh, or you know yeah. if there are they get lost over the course of a season you know i'd not it's thought of it upwards. like that but yeah it's, it, it's but gonna it's, it's gonna have to have leveled out at some upwards. point yeah yeah it's been nothing but upwards and you think of um even if you think about the 2019 20 season when he 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 was given more and more minutes and remember he started the derby before the pandemic yeah break and then he came back after the pandemic and he was one of the best players 
And that was the the summer when Pep was like, you know, we're not we're not buying a David Silva replacement. We've got him already, which obviously, you know, they played a different role. But he was true to his word in that sense, and true to his word in the sense that last season he was, you know, Foden was a regular starter, and by the end of it, he was arguably the best player. And you know, he got did he get Premier League Young Player of the Year? Oh, that's a question. I know that. I know that coming into the season, he wanted to win the Young Player of the Year award, and you think. Thinking back to the start of the season, you would think, why not? You know, just because of how it's gone so far, why not? If you have another season like you are, like you did last year, but, you know, a few more goals and a few more assists, then absolutely. Um, but obviously it hasn't gone quite that that way. I, around the time I started to think it, I, I'd seen a few tweets as well. I'd, I'd seen somebody tweet yesterday, the, I'm going to find it. Yeah, um, just, well, while you do that, um, the it word was... Is, it was uh, Premier League Young Player of the Season that Foden won, and he also won the uh, PFA Young Player of the Season as well. So Yeah, yeah, um, this is it. So the, the first line of the tweet kind of sums it up where I'm going with this. Does anyone else feel like Foden's not really done anything spectacular in ages? And I think that is the nub of it. So when I'm talking about the, the obvious upward trajectory, we think of his goals. And I'll tell you what, I've, I've embedded one of the one of his goals in the article and I hope it, it stayed in. But that goal he scored at the end of last season against Brighton, you know when the Cancelo got sent off early? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he scored that goal. He got the ball in his own half and just ran down the wing and like toe-poked it gracefully into the bottom corner. It was like prime Sane. Like that is um, that is an unbelievable goal. But you think about all his goals and all of his his dribbles. Remember the two legs against PSG? He didn't score, did he? But he he created such amazing yeah. chances for himself with with his the way he tiptoes through people. And and it, yeah, so I think when I when it got to the stage a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "What's going on, Foden?" At the minute, um, I think this is the nub of it. Nothing really spectacular. And then you think back to Anfield earlier in the season when he scored that brilliant goal, arrowed it in the bottom corner. And he was great that day on the wing. And you think about Old Trafford when we've talked about, you. We, it would be easy to watch that game and think, why isn't he going at one per second? Or why isn't he doing more of this? Why isn't he doing more of that? But I think it was pretty obvious. He was instructed he was not told, to. You know, yeah. stay, stay wide, get the ball and give it to somebody else and you will get your opportunities. And obviously he did get the opportunities, but he put them just wide. So I think there has, there has been a bit of an element of he has got his opportunities and he has been a little bit imprecise. Um, maybe not as sparkling as last season, but my main thing, and I've said it already before, and I tweeted about it, is I just think that anybody who plays as a false nine is not going to be doing spectacular stuff. So to, to use the, the word from this tweet, which I'm using because I think sums it up really well, I think anybody who's playing the false nine will not be spectacular. You know, De Bruyne, I wrote an article about De Bruyne recently. He's still creating the same kind of amount of chances as he did when he was, you know, the more classic right-sided number eight, putting balls into the box. But he doesn't really do that anymore. Um, but, it, you know, I know that he personally is still happy because he knows, well, he's still contributing to the team. Yeah. So it's a more selfless role, but it's, it's all right because he's still doing it. So he's he's found a way to reinvent that. But in our mind's eye, if, if we were to say, what's the best De Bruyne? What's the De Bruyne that you would pay to watch? It would be the one where he's, you know, rampaging through the lines, um, playing slide rule passes behind the defence, you know, those breathtaking and, crosses and passes. And, and you know, slamming the ball the edge into of the, the box, top yeah. corner like he did against Leeds. But when you were false nine, and I might be stupid here because maybe he did play false nine against Leeds, I don't remember. But when you were false nine, your opportunities to do that are much more limited. And look, even if you did against Leeds, Leeds was a mad game, wasn't it? That's not a typical City match. The typical City matches, the typical false nine matches 
you got your back to goal. You need to drop 30 yards away from the defence to get a bit of space and, and pop the ball off to somebody else and get back up the pitch, which is generally what Foden's done. And I think if the numbers I can remember off the top of my head, since that game at Anfield when he played on the wing, he's played 12, he's had 12 starts, I think. Or he's had, no, he's had 12 games. And eight of them he started and they were all as a false nine. I think yeah. the rest have been on, on the on the bench. It's something like that. I, I, but the point being, he's played most of his games as a false nine since then. So if we're sitting there thinking, hmm, did Foden need a good performance? Is he having a, a bad season? Has he plateaued slightly? Is it a setback? Whatever we may be thinking, and I'm not saying all of those things are right because they can't all be right at the same time. But whatever we're thinking about Foden, I do think, a lot of it is he's just playing a very selfless role with fewer opportunities to do the kind of thing like he did, you know, against Liverpool at Anfield, even against United at Old Trafford, and you know, against Brighton last season or against PSG last season. Um, yeah, I think it, it's all it's all dropping off, and it's it's you know appreciation of space, it's it's pressing off the ball, it's work rate, it's the stuff that Guardiola will say you were fucking brilliant today, Phil, but maybe he'd get a six out of ten in the rate. Yeah, I wonder. Um, but I'm also wondering on that, that that kind of that kind of thought process is you think of all the other players that that do the same thing. You think of Raheem Sterling when he's he's on the wing and he's running through you know, the the spectacular thing, causing Max Aaron's all sorts of problems like he did on on Saturday. And then when you think of him in the in the central role, it's not the same. It is less spectacular. It is it, it's the sort of Ilkay Gundogan allow others to shine thing, isn't it? Yeah, like when Sterling plays number nine, he's obviously it's not so much a false nine; it's more of a traditional one. But it's more stretching and runs, like yeah. stretching the defense and making the runs in behind. So yeah, it, it, it is really. Um, and you know, as you, as as a winger, it's a difficult role to adapt to. I know he hasn't he hasn't felt it easy to adapt to that role, Sterling. So yeah, um, it all kind of adds up to that. But what I must say is. I put this to Guardiola after the game and I was like, look, can we talk a bit about Phil and a bit about the false nine role? I was like, is it, was like, is it fair to say it's a, it's a more selfless role? You know, it's, it's more a job for the team. You know, there's less, less dribbling, less shooting, you know, it's more passing and bringing others into it. And he said, absolutely not. I think it's the complete opposite. So <laughs> that was good. That was a proper, a proper, a proper strikeout. Um, and, you know, that, sometimes I think there's an element of Guardiola just disagreeing or maybe he senses some kind of, criticism or maybe somebody could criticize you know if you say oh Foden's not shining you know if he if he automatically says Foden's not shining you know he won't want to but I think he did make a good point obviously and and he's, he's right you know he, he did say when you're the false nine you still got to get in the box you've got to be closer to the goal to to shoot and you know and to get the assists you are still in the action uh, and again like it is ridiculous how many times do I have to say like Guardiola is a genius and you know I know zero compared to him but I mean I do I do genuinely still think there is merit in what I say in terms of it's just, you know, most most of your touches are in the centre circle. Yeah, you know, you, you're not you're not supposed to take people on. It's supposed to be the Gundogan thing of you get it and you give it. You know, maybe you take people on in a transition or something, but you drop off. You, you're creating you know, you, space for others to exploit. Probably. Yeah, you, you 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 make the pass, and yeah, somebody runs into the space you just created, and yeah, you will get chances to. To, to have shots in the box, which obviously he did with that great run for the, for his goal, and he, did, he and he also had with the slightly worse run for when Gundogan crossed it in the first half, and obviously he had those that triple chance in the first half when he was offside. You know there will be those opportunities there. You know in that sense, you know Guardiola's not just you know he's not just putting his guard up; he's absolutely right. But I, 
Yeah. I mean, if, if it came to it and I was sat in a room with him, I would be like, look, this is what I mean though. Like surely he's not, <laughs> he's not, surely he's not dribbling. He's not taking people on the same, to the same extent. And then therefore when we're on the outside, we're looking at the eye catching stuff to you know, give him marks out of 10. We're not seeing it in the same way that Guardiola would see. You know, we're not yeah. we're not valuing his performance in the same way as we did last season because he's not skinning people and putting it in the bottom corner. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 kind of where where I am. With I just that. I, I but, just you, wonder, know, you can play brilliant as a false nine, but just not get the, the plaudits for it because maybe our understanding, and I certainly include myself in that, isn't you know isn't sufficient enough to to spot the intricacies of, of what he's doing. Yeah, I just wonder, does it show more trust from Guardiola to Foden to 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 have him play that role? Because I, I remember, I remember when he was first coming through. Me and you talked about how uh, he was playing generally on in wide areas because at, at that stage it was it was less risky for him. It was you know the, the, if he gave the ball away the, in 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 the wide areas, then it's not a, it, it doesn't leave City exposed to the transitions. And I'm just thinking yeah. now. The fact I think that, that's the same for all of them, isn't it? That's why yeah. McAtee and Palmer have been up there as well. But it, it is also it is also interesting that he's British. almost um, de facto City's go-to false nine at the moment. Do you know? Uh, yeah. in, in that um, sense, because because suddenly that that's a lot of responsibility to give to him. When actually, when you think of all the eye-catching stuff he does, it's been from the wings, dribbling, taking players on, cutting inside, yeah. all that sort of stuff. And you think, well, I'm taking that out of the team to give him a much to give him much more responsibility in the team. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I mean, it goes to show the kind of options that the City have got, where you're not necessarily missing what he does give on the left, which is all the stuff we've talked about. Um, and and then you, you you keep that, and you you, you your mould is threatened to something completely different. Um, yeah, I think so. When I, I spoke to my editor about the potential Foden article on on Friday, he was always like, oh, his best false nine. Do you reckon? I I could be wrong. But I do think it is Foden. Um, just in terms of you know the ability to receive the ball in those areas, you know, re- receiving the ball on the back foot as we've we've talked about him in do since he since he broke through. You know, his his understanding of of being in those roles, where to go. There was a good Twitter thread that um, I'll retweet now, actually, because I, I was tagged in it, um, and I'll retweet it so people can see um, the way he dropped in on the blind side of. Um, Norwich is holding midfielder. You know, it's all these little things that Guardiola says, if you do this, you know, these will be, this is your advantage. That's why you'll be in space. And it's not just, it's not just going into a certain space. It's doing it at the right time and it's doing it from the right angle. And, you know, it's making sure your guy can't see you. He's so good at understanding all that stuff. But in terms of off the ball, you know, because I think De Bruyne is obviously incredibly intelligent as well. But I just think Foden's just a bit more mobile, isn't he? And he's a bit more... It's more mobile, quicker, more agile, so he can press but, as well. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the word the word I always think of is slippery. Uh, he, he gets yeah, through the narrow slippery. gaps and and like he, he puts pressure on by just kind of having a low sense of gravity and still being there when you're trying to get rid of him, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just yeah, all all the off the ball stuff as well. That's why I think he he's the best. I mean, do you remember when it was only a year ago when Gundogan or Guardiola said Gundogan could play false nine and everyone was like, ha ha, that. imagine. <laughs> I, I I honestly can't believe it hasn't happened more often. Yeah, but I, I guess that's just because he's so good. You know, I, I, he he could do it brilliantly, but I reckon he's so good at taking up those those positions of running off the shoulder in, in, into the box, or you know, if we think of his, his goal against Spurs last year when he was running off the shoulder of the last defender for the ball over the top and and bringing it down and scoring, you know, he, he is that good at that. Um, it's Guardiola's just gone. Okay, well, you, you stick at that. Phil can do it in the middle. Um, 
and you know it can be changed around. But obviously, it can be changed around because Grealish can play as a false nine as well, and I think he's he, he's quite promising at it as well. Um, I mean, Mara's has done it at times, hasn't he? And I think you know Foden's better off off the ball than Mara is, so I think that's why he's probably done it most often. Yeah. Um, and again, it just goes back to I mean, it feels like such a cop out point, but it's just so many good options. So many good options. Um, yeah, and I, but, you know, I, I, these are good I do options think it... because Guardiola's willing to 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 try them, and he and he knows he can get the best out of them. And you know, another coach might say, "Well, I've got to use Foden on the left because he's so good at it." You know, I, I couldn't I couldn't possibly risk missing out on what Foden gives us on the left. But you know, he's he's kind of brave enough and clever enough to know that you can get something else from Foden down the middle, and he's got enough other other brilliantly um, coached players, intelligent players that like Sterling, and you know, like Grealish will be, I'm sure. Um, to go in and, and do that on the left and anybody else if need be, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that's why I, I kind of see it as a, as a lot of responsibility and a lot of trust from Guardiola because yeah. it, it, it's that it, it's that acknowledgement that he can take out what Foden offers and he can offer something different and like the trust to go and... Not, and yeah, uh, not yeah. just the kind of meat and potatoes, you dribble at him and yeah. have a shot kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on Direct TV. Terms and restrictions apply. Can I make a confession as well, Sam? Um, I, I I said uh, to a couple of friends uh, after the Norwich game um, that if City don't go out and do the striker business this summer, uh, the way things are set up, I'm not really that bothered as long as they strengthen elsewhere. As long as they do that, I mean, we we talked yeah. about whether they need a left back or whether it's a right back because Cancelo plays left. All that on last week's show. Yeah. Um, but as as long as they get the cover elsewhere, I'm kind of all right with the way that that things have developed with the the, the attacking players that they've got. I'm not I'm not convinced, yeah. and I know we're we're reopening the the do City need a striker debate here, um, but I'm not convinced that. Um, and I, I know Guardiola wants a striker and wants that option. Um, but I'm not yeah. convinced that it's it, it's such a it, it would hinder them too much if 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 things stayed as they were, you know. Yeah, I agree. That's why I said this recently, but maybe not. Um, but I, I completely agree, mate. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world. I think last last summer I was a bit like, 
like I, I knew it, I didn't think it would be a major problem because obviously they did so well anyway. Um, but it was like I th the way I always put it was City have still got a very good chance of winning the league. But if they'd assigned Kane, I thought that would just be it, done and dusted, like no questions asked. You know, they'd but but without signing one, there'd be much more of a battle. But next season, I wouldn't even think it'd be that much of a drawback. Um, you know, but having said that, I would then say obviously they got Alvarez, so may maybe they'll just bring Alvarez in, yeah. um, and he can do it anyway. But um, what I would say is, you know, maybe they, sh they should strengthen in midfield for a bit of extra cover because, uh, you know, Fernandinho is not going to be around next season. Um, but, you know, the way, the way things are going, I think you'd be, I think you'd be foolish on the, the first game of the season to, to really lay into them and say, you know, they've, they've done poorly here and done poorly there because they have confounded everybody. And, you know, including myself, when I was really annoyed with them, they didn't sign a left back um, going, into the, in, going into last season. And obviously they didn't get Messi either, and I just thought they they didn't get Koulibaly, They got Diaz. You know, it's 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 gone really well. So yeah, if they didn't get a striker in the summer, it wouldn't be the biggest problem. But I suppose what I just did say about Kane, you know, if they'd have got Kane off that, it would have been game over, hands down. Which you know isn't necessarily right because it, it could be game over anyway. But if they were obviously if they were to get Haaland, you'd be thinking that would be brutal. But obviously that's you know. Everyone's got their own thoughts on that, and I suppose the, the one thought is, I suppose everyone's got one thought, haven't they? And it would be if they get Haaland, then it, it will be it will be ridiculous. So yeah, yeah. Um, just while we're while we're chatting, Foden as well. Uh, I just want to touch on um, kind of his development away from the pitch as well, because there was obviously the issues uh, after the Leeds game with uh, with Grealish. Um, yeah. I, I just wonder how much of that has, has has kind of been forgotten, and how much of that is 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 factoring into a lot of people's thinking of oh, he needs a good game here because he's been hitting the headlines for things that were not on the pitch this season, and whether Guardiola actually cares these days because obviously he's played a lot since then. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's one of those where you kind of you you do your punishment. But then you, you do get brought back in and you will you will get your chances. Obviously, I think we saw that with Sterling at the end of last season, most obviously with, again, the Champions League final. Um, but even so, you know, there were other chances in games when it was like, right, well, we were rotating the team today, so I need you. And, I, yeah, it's it's pretty much been this. It's the same for everyone, and it? It's the same for for Foden. But, again, yeah, it, it is interesting that. Um, I suppose the other point of any kind of scrutiny on Foden's performances is it would be the first real scrutiny of his performances. Because so far he's been golden boy, hasn't he? Yeah. There's never there's never been a reason to say, oh, what about this? What about that? Um, not least because of his age, because you wouldn't really expect it from somebody who's nineteen twenty anyway. And even at twenty one, even if even if he did kind of have a season this year where it wasn't indisputable progress, you go, okay, well he, he's twenty one, um, and you know I think he's got six goals and three assists, and last year he had nine goals and five assists in the Premier League, so he's on he's on the way anyway. Um, but yeah, um, the interesting thing about, um, the December thing was Guardiola did that typical thing. And we, we talked about it before in October, I think it was when Palmer had scored against Bruges away. And in the, the innocent question was, you know, can Foden be a kind of role model for him? And he, and, you know, he pointed out how good Foden is and how, how much he trusts him to have played so many minutes, um, over the years, but he did say, you know, Phil kind of needs to realise that football is not just ninety minutes; it's it's everything else. And there was a little hint there in terms of like attitude or behaviour or whatever, or you know, a way of spending free time off the pitch, yeah. which was obviously which was kind of raised an eyebrow at the time, and then obviously it raised both eyebrows in in December. 
Um, so that is a that is an interesting little um, backstory to it. But again, is not having a bad season anyway. You know, so it, 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 that's an interesting element. But I don't I don't think there is a bad season. I think it's what my uh, my point remains what it was, despite the fact that Guardiola completely shot me down. I do just think he's doing what he needs to do. But it's not as eye catching, which you know brings us kind of full circle back to Gundogan when he had to play as a double pivot. Yeah, well, he keep, as one uh, of the double pivot. Foden keeps scoring away from home as well. I, I, I noticed um, he keeps getting key goals in in key games away from home. Uh, obviously, the, the it's not taking the lead against Norwich, but it was uh, it was the second one, wasn't it? He got um, mm. which uh, is the point. It starts to put the game beyond doubt. Uh, he scored at Brentford, uh, which was the uh, the winner. He scored two at Brighton, um, which uh, I think again uh, he didn't get the first one, but it was it, it was two to kind of really establish City's control of that game. Equaliser. Anfield is scoring some key goals for for someone who's not who who, who is feeling like he's not having a a, a great season from yeah um, from I, I, people I think from it's the outside. The standards, isn't it? It's yeah. part of the standards, isn't it? We expect him to be. It's almost like a like a Roy of the Rovers kind of career, isn't it? You just you just expect him to be the hero every week, which he kind of has been so far. But the season he hasn't been, and again, yeah, we could talk ourselves around in circles. Back yeah. to the false nine thing. Um, just on just on the Norwich game because I, I know you quote tweeted my tweet after City had. Had scored the opener, um, but there was a fair bit of panic around, wasn't there? In the first, yeah, yeah. well, let, let's just say from the time Pep announced the team, well, the, the team was announced anyway. Um, but I, I genuinely didn't get the feel as the game was going on that it was out of hand. Um, no, they they started really say. well. They did start really really well, and then Norwich what, had. Norwich? No, oh, City, City, yeah. City, City yeah, started yeah. well, and then they had a they had a Norwich had a spell about ten minutes in where um, they hit the post, and uh, there was a couple of moments. It was where about they two had, minutes though, wasn't it? Yeah, that. and then and everyone and, and I just felt like everyone was losing their heads at that point because yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean the other the other thing I would chuck in there is uh, I also think had that effort from uh, it was Grant Hanley, wasn't it? That hit the post. Um, yeah. Had that gone in. Uh, I think that would have been the end of Norwich's pressure because uh, Timo Puki was offside in the build-up, so that would have been flagged, and then City would have had right. the ball back and things, and they wouldn't have had to to kind of keep defending a couple of corners, sort of thing. Yeah. So um, Norwich wouldn't have taken the lead. City have had control. I think City would have had control back within a minute instead of two minutes. Mm. You know what I mean? Okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, so I mean, so I, I didn't go to Norwich. I was supposed to, but. I've not been able to shake off fully whatever it is I've been suffering with over the last week. So I, I didn't go, especially because of flying to Lisbon as well. I just thought too much trouble. And actually, I ended up sleeping. So my editor rang me at 20 past five, 10 minutes before kickoff, just checking in. And he was he's made loads of changes, hasn't he? And I was like, fuck. <laughs> but like, my first point is, you know, on the Q&As, people are like, what do you reckon to the, the team today? And normally I'm like, nah. you know, when we talked about the Swindon match and you you'd probably expect loads of kids to have played in, against Swindon. But but I was like, well, hold on, there's two weeks between Arsenal and Chelsea, so we'll probably play a strong team. And normally I feel like I've got a fairly good idea. I'm not going to guess the 11, but I've got a fairly good idea which way he's going to go with the, the thought process of picking the team and why. Um, but the last few weeks, since Fulham, just way more changes than I expected. Yeah, I didn't expect that many changes. And when I saw the team, I thought, and I, I kind of looked at my phone, and I, there was a kind of a flood of negativity around it. And I did think, I didn't because I didn't want to go down the line of feeding into that because I did think City would be okay. But when I saw Sterling and Mares, and I did tweet, look, they they can and do hold their width, but with Sterling and Mares there and Zinchenko, it does feel very narrow. And 
I think I think it all tied into the anxiety people had about when City lost there in 2019-20. And look, City have come a long way since then. Yeah. But then when I saw that team, I did think, oh yeah, I can kind of see what people are getting at. But then that like they, the, they, the they, they Norwich, hour, Norwich kind fine, of had yeah. a run at yeah, but the, Norwich had a run at, at Diaz after about sixty seconds, didn't they? He was offside. But it's not what we were saying about Southampton. You know, Southampton had they 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 scored a second goal and they won a penalty, didn't they? But they were both offside. But you still feel, oh, there's that danger. And I think because Norwich had that in the first minute, and there was Rashiki, you know, when when he ran out of the back and Diaz yeah. just went, I'm just going to flatten you on the halfway line. There was a couple of moments like that, and I think it all tied together with the 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 starting lineup and the rotation. And, you know, maybe people thinking, oh, Pep's overthinking it before the Champions League game or whatever. Um, it kind of tied in. Yeah, I think people were very kind of, I think just went overboard a bit on what was actually happening on the pitch. The only the only way that it wasn't going to go well for City was if it was, in inverted commas, one of those days when, you know, all the chances they create don't go in. But to me, it was just like, they are actually creating loads of chances. And the, the kind of, the fear I had before the game about it being a very narrow performance um, and you know, City maybe being a bit stodgy as a result didn't really transpire because they they created plenty. And they kept um, yeah, and, and they kept wide it, anyway. So yeah, yeah, exactly. And they, they kept going. They had good control of the game. Um, and yeah, I, th- I, th- I thought they were playing better, much better than people did generally. And then obviously, maybe I wouldn't have tweeted out if Sterling hadn't scored. Maybe it would have got to half time, and I'd have been like, oh, I don't know. Maybe they need a goal. This, that, or the other. But obviously, Sterling's goal. Let's be honest. In hindsight, I absolutely killed it, didn't it? That was yeah. the end. That was yeah. the end. Like Norwich didn't do anything in the second half. And just as we're kind of recapping the game briefly, Nathan Ake, really good. Yeah, I thought I, I, I saw really a lot of tweets again on. Um, uh, it was around about half time that uh, that were like Ake needs to come off now, and I was like, I don't really, really? see what he's done. I that, didn't see that, any of that. Yeah, I don't see what he's done that that to to kind of foster that reaction. Um, he, it, I thought he was fine. No, I didn't think. Uh, I thought the only thing that uh, that Guardiola could have done uh, was get De Bruyne or Cancelo involved, given that I'd captained and vice captained them on my fantasy league team. <laughs> but uh, yeah, here we are. Yeah, somebody was, <laughs> somebody was asking me about will Cancelo play, and I just thought. Yeah, yeah, he's got to. So my 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 logic, my logic going in was, um, sport in a way, you've got two bites of that cherry. You might think Norwich is a difficult game. He won't want to lose any points in the title race. Go strong against Norwich. You know, just a couple of changes. You know, Gundogan maybe come in, Grealish comes in. But I thought, you know, Cancelo would play. I thought Rodri would play. Um, I thought, you know, Stones or Laporte would have played. That kind of thing. So it was more changes than I thought. And then you know, just make and then just make those changes back. Against Lisbon, um, God, people hate me calling them Lisbon, won't they? Um, <laughs> the old hipsters. Because I was like, well, you've got two bites of the cherry, and even even if you were to lose two one on on Tuesday night, it's not the end of the world. Yeah. But um, so that's why I was thinking he'd go with a really strong team, but obviously he didn't. He said afterwards it was about you know it's that stage of the season where you need everyone. Um, it was a, a calculated gamble because maybe you know Norwich could have, you know. You know, if maybe they had scored that header and it wouldn't have been offside or whatever. And, you know, it would have turned out like the Southampton game or whatever and Guardiola would have been criticised for playing Fernandinho and this, that and the other. Um, but, yeah, I think he obviously took it an opportunity to bring those players in. You know, pl- people like Ake, who is, you know, he's fit now. He's going to need minutes like that. You know, it's not sustainable for Ake to get to the end of the season. 
you know, not even playing in Premier League games like that because yeah. it's going to be one of Stones and Laporte. You know, if that had got to the end of the season and Ake didn't play in those games, you'd probably be thinking maybe you'll want to go somewhere else. You know, I've not heard that at all. I've heard the opposite. I've heard he's very happy. But, you know, if you were to get to the end of the season, you, you'd maybe think it's not really sustainable. So, yeah, he, he's, he's used everyone. And I don't know, may, may, maybe, he's think, maybe he's thinking this far ahead. He probably isn't. But um, the second leg against Sporting, is after the United game. So maybe he'd want to be in a position to beat Sporting um, comfortably on Tuesday night and then he can go strong against United in what will be one of the, you know, it's not it's not going to be the toughest game, is it? Because United are a shambles, but he will be seeing it as a tough game yeah. in the title race. Um, and yeah, maybe he can make the re- the changes against Sporting. Yeah. Um, but, you know, with Pep, he's probably just keeping everyone fresh and playing the players he trusts, which is, you know, all of them. Well, it's all all of them, yeah. Um, Just one final point for uh, this week's show, Sam. I just want to finish on uh, McAtee and uh, Delap, obviously coming off the bench uh, against Norwich. Uh, Delap winning the penalty. Um, I thought it was quite quite funny in the end that Dean Smith uh, didn't see it as a penalty, given that, I mean, the game has gone if you can't clatter a centre-forward in the area without winning the ball these days, hasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but from the, the first angle, I was, oh, that's soft. And then you see if the angle from behind the goal is like, well, he's just ran into him, hasn't he? <laughs> there was no intention to play the ball there. Yeah. But it, it is one of those, though. On another day, the ref wouldn't have given it, the commentator wouldn't have picked up on it, and the fans would be saying, we should have had a penalty for that. But nobody else would have talked about it because... Three, it, it was 3-0, yeah. They, they, sometimes don't, they sometimes just don't get given, and it wasn't massively obvious. But when it does get given, you just think, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, like yeah. he just ran into him. No intent, yeah. no intention to play the ball at all. And also, like I know, th- I know that quote would have found its way onto City Twitter because it was like the opposition manager's quote about City. So you know, more City fans would have seen it. Um, you know, he would have been asked a load of different things, but it, it did. It did seem odd to like again. He didn't focus on it. It looked like because of the context of how we've seen the quote, it looked like focusing on that. You know, it was the least important thing of the whole game. But yeah, it, it did seem a bit weird to even bother talking about it when there was obviously so much else to happen. Yeah, but good that Delap and uh, well, Delap was very involved in obviously winning that and making the run. But uh, McAtee was involved as well when he came on. Yeah, 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 and obviously Kaiki coming on as well. Were you? Oh yeah, I forgot you about know, him. I, yeah, I wouldn't have thought. You know, I wouldn't have. You know, so again, somebody in the Q and A asked, or they said, "I've got a feeling Delap will play." What you reckon? I was like, I'd be surprised. Like, and genuinely, in my head, I was thinking, well, maybe if they're like three or four nil up then yeah, but because I wasn't expecting that many changes in the first place, I was probably thinking, you know, he'll bring on Fernandinho for Rodri or whatever. Or, you know, he'll bring on Zinchenko for Cancelo. So I thought, uh, probably not. But given the amount of changes there were, obviously it did open it up for Delap and it was a very kind of satisfying day all around to see Fernandinho doing his his thing and and Ake getting the chance of playing well and Zinchenko and, you know, Gundogan to a lesser extent coming back in and and three kids as well. You can't argue with that. It was... Spot on, wasn't it? Absolutely perfect day and uh, the perfect place to end this week's episode of Why Always Us. So uh, thanks as ever to Sam Lee. Thank you very much, mate. Don't forget, you can sign up to The Athletic right now with a 33% discount. You just need to use the code MANCITYPOD. The Athletic.